We're continuing a series that we started a few weeks ago called Life Hacks, and uh, we're looking at really wisdom. Um, we've been looking at like life hacks that you may learn, you can see on the internet, like things that can make your life easier or more efficient. I've got a few I could share with you today. Uh, first is, it's like you can look into a dark sky and it will give peace to your life. That's the first life hack. There it is. Um, you can cook bacon in a waffle iron. Do you guys know that? Now, like here, I'm like, okay, that looks good. And then, dude, I, I don't care about the bacon. That's all I could think about. That looks amazing. So I'm just thinking they just left the bacon in here and then they put the waffle on top of it. And then it's like a bacon waffle. How many of you guys would have that? That's a hack, but a different, that's a heart hack. That actually will, will, will hurt you there. Uh, there's another uh, life hack here. I can make life a little easier. You know, I think we're having some technical difficulties. God, just give us help in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, you know, you can caramelize onions, but if you add baking soda, it half the time. You guys know that? I didn't time it. I don't even know if this is real, but I have a sense that it could work. So you can try it, try it, and then and then let me know. Uh, but th- these these hacks are are helpful, and that we've been looking at some of these. We've been having fun, you know, all all series long, but they, they don't really give us shortcuts and help us in the real things of life that we deal with. Um, I don't know about you, but I've got things that weigh on my mind, like my own life, my direction, how I'm leading, my marriage, my parenting, my finances, all the things that we all deal with cause stress and anxiety. Well, life hacks that, you know, we Google, that's not going to really help us. Uh, what we need is, is wisdom. Wisdom is what gives us insight. Wisdom is actually what helps us connect dots. Wisdom is what helps us kind of move forward. And wisdom comes from God. And so what we've been looking in this series is what does the Bible have to say about wisdom? And we've been looking at key attitudes that if you have and, and you kind of hold as this is your viewpoint, this is your perspective, then, then wisdom actually gets into your life. And you can learn a lot more than just the school of hard knocks. You can learn a lot more than just pain or trial and error. Through wisdom, you can actually gain a lot of understanding you can gain insight and that actually can help you in the real things that matter in life and so just as a way of reviewing i don't know if it's up here but we've talked about the fear of the lord that's the first attitude that you get wisdom in your life the fear of the lord that's taking god seriously he's got things to say to us you find that in the bible and the fear of the lord is i'm going to look at the bible and god's truth as a way to live my life and fear of the lord is i'm going to take seriously what he says that's the first attitude. Second attitude is trust in the Lord. I'm going to trust not only what he says, but I'm going to trust his angle and his viewpoint and his vantage point. That he has a way of seeing things that I cannot see. So not only do I take it seriously, but I actually want to live by it. And so that's what faith is. Fear of the Lord, trust in the Lord. If you have fear of the Lord and the trust in the Lord, you actually gain wisdom. The fear of the Lord is actually the beginning, the breakthrough point where wisdom gets in your life. And then last week, we talked about the third attitude, which is humility. You can have fear of the Lord, trust in the Lord. And then this thing called humility, which is, I don't, I don't know it all. And frankly, I, I, need, I need help, and I may need to see things differently. And so that leads to our fourth attitude today, which is teachability. So humility and teachability go hand in hand. Without humility, it's hard to learn from others. And so today, we're going to dig into what does the Bible have to say about teachability uh, how do we become teachable people? And I want you to think about this in terms of your own life. How do you become a teachable person? 
And then how, as a church, can we be a teachable church where we can learn from others? Like This defines kind of who, who we are. And then I want to get real with all of the benefits that we're going to talk about and how you get teachability into your life. What are the things that present or prevent, sorry, that from actually happening? Because I think all of us would say, you know, like being teachable, that seems like a good thing. Like that's something that's, that's positive. But there's actually some things that we tend to do which prevent that from happening. So here, here's the definition so we're all on the same page. I love definitions like they're teachable, capable of being taught. Thank you for that. But that actually has insight because at the core, if no one can teach you anything, you're not teachable. So there's a capability of being taught. And it's not to do with your mental aptitude. It's actually to do with the way you receive it. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. So apt and willing to learn and then favorable to teaching. There's a sense in which you can gain insight. You can gain understanding. But if you're not teachable, it will just bounce off you. Like a bulletproof vest. Like it can't, it won't penetrate. It'll just, it'll bounce off. So how do we become people that it actually can penetrate so, so we, so we can learn. So today is Super Bowl Sunday. And if you study sports, uh, they actually talk a lot about teachability because oftentimes good teams versus great teams, it's, it's how well they receive coaching. And players who have played professionally for so long, they can get in ruts. And if they just want to keep doing the things that they've always done, may have led to a little bit of success, but if they don't listen to their coaches, they're going to kind of hit that wall and they're not going to maybe grow as successful as they could as a player and then as a team. And the same is, is true in life. There's times where we hit seasons where we do things the way that we've always done. You ever find yourself doing that? Any of you guys rut people? You have your rut and you like it. And you may not really like the rut, but you just like because it's comfortable. I can be like that. I just do things the same way all the time. The thing with ruts are is they're comfortable, but they don't necessarily help us. Because what if that rut isn't productive? What if that rut isn't right? What if that actually is stalling us out? So, so what do we do? There's a few moments in my life where I've been shaken up by the, the ruts that I'm in. And, and one of them was actually when I got exposed to my own lack of teachability. And I played tennis in high school, speaking of sports, and we got a new coach. And I was a senior and in my head, I thought, I've been on this team longer than the coach. I have more authority than the coach. I think that's what was going on in my head. And I showed up to practice late, and I don't know what was going on in my head. Have you ever had those, like, teenage years? There's a lot of that. Like, I don't know what was going on in my head. But I showed up to practice late, and I'm literally, like, whistling. Like, I don't know if it was, like, the Andy Griffith, like... And I think I had like my tennis racket on my shoulder and I'm strolling late to practice like, like I'm Pete Sampras or something. And I was not Pete Sampras by any means. And I just strolled in and the coach just looked at me and, and he said, who do you think you are? Well, I'm Alex. I'm on the tennis team. He's like, what's the problem? He just, don't you ever come late to a practice whistling like it's no big deal. And and it was, he, he just hit me with it right up the side of the head. And I, oh, okay, yeah, like maybe the whistling was a bad idea, I started to realize. And maybe like actually strolling like I owned the place 
But in that moment, I realized like I had this mindset where I, I was just doing my own thing. It made complete sense. And at that moment, I had to choose where I was going to be teachable. And he like corrected me in that moment, kind of woke me up from my senses. And I actually had a great respect for him. And we, I really appreciated him as a leader because he called me on it. But in that moment, I had this, oh, my goodness, he's he's testing whether I'm going to be willing to learn. And, and that happens in sports. And there's been so many times that it's happened in my life. Um, I've got just a recent example of just that that test of teachability. Uh, this past year, about October and November, you know, we're planting the church and we're doing lots of events. We've just done kind of a huge movie night many of you guys helped with. And we, we like reached hundreds of people in the community. And then I was looking at doing another movie night. We were just doing event after event and meetup after meetup. And I just got to the point where I was just kind of running on fumes. You know, that, that, that burning out, just feeling like, oh, man, I just got to keep going, keep going. And I had just a lot of pressure on myself. Just we got to keep going, we got to keep going. And my mentor, Randy Lanthrop, uh, he's the pastor of Church in the Valley. That's our sponsoring church. He says, I'm bro. We call each other bro a lot. Probably know that because I say bro a lot. Bro, I'm concerned about your pace. And it was like, oh, okay, yeah, thanks. Like, And he kind of gave me that look. Like, no, like, you need to listen to me. And so he started talking. He just shared, like, you know, you're, you're doing so much. You're putting so much pressure on yourself. You don't want to get to the point where you, you hit the wall and then, you know, you're, you're taken out. Like you, you have nothing left. Like, pace yourself. Let God work. Don't put the pressure on yourself. And, and he's talking. And in that moment, I realized he's telling me exactly what I needed to hear. Not only that, but he's telling me exactly what God wants me to hear. But I had plans and had my pace and had kind of all these things that I was doing. And in that moment, it was like, you might want to consider another way. And it, again, it wasn't the same like, but it just hit me. Oh, yeah, there's stuff going on that I'm not seeing. There's stuff going on inside of me that I don't even know because it's hard because it's me and I can't understand all the times it's going on because I just can see what I can see. And in that moment, I, I had this decision to make. Like, will I, will I listen to what he says? Will I allow him to, to speak in and, and encourage me? And I began to ask questions like, well, is this somebody who, who I can trust? Is he looking out for me? Does he have more experience than me? Is he wiser than me? And I began to answer, yes, 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 yes. Do I need to listen to him? Yes. You know, and all this stuff was going on. But in that moment, God used that as a test of teachability and also a test of, will I allow people to speak into my life for my good and the good of all that I lead? And I believe in that moment, it actually was a big blessing to me, my family, and Ridgeview, because it began to ask questions, let's narrow the focus. Let's let's do what we really need to do. Let's focus on what is going to bless people, and we can't do everything. I want to do everything. That's kind of who I am. But the more you do, sometimes the less effective you are. And so in that moment, through that exchange, I began to really rethink and ask God, God, will you lead us forward? Will you help us narrow what we need to be doing? And the way that that made the impact was, not because of anything special with me, but I knew that God was wanting to speak to me through someone else. So my question is for you, are there people in your life that can speak into you and you will, you will listen? And not only that, is, is there 
a relationship that you have with God that if he wants to speak to you, uh, you'll listen to him. And, and, and how do you know? How do you know if God is wanting to teach you something that you don't know? And so what I want to do is I want to just kind of do the snapshot of what the Bible says about being teachable, looking at the Proverbs. Again, the Proverbs is wise sayings. It's where so much of wisdom is found. So I'm going to move quickly through these Proverbs, but I want you to do, if one stands out to you, mark that. And if you, you have your handout, you'll see that I, all the scriptures are there. They'll be on the PowerPoint as well. If you take notes, mark it. If you want to make a mental note, you want to do something on your phone, whatever you want to do to, to remember. But there's just times I was reading the Proverbs this morning, and just something will stand out, like pay attention, listen, highlight, underline, slow down. Like that's part of how God speaks. He uses his word, and it kind of jumps off the page. And God tells us, like, pay attention here. Listen. See what's, what's going on. And so I want to start by just talking about the keys uh, to being teachable. So here, here's two main things. The first one is let God uh, or let God's word change your mind. That's a key to being teachable. Uh, you actually, to follow God means that you're going to allow his word, the truth of the scriptures, influence your life. Now, all of us have things that influence us. How many of you uh, go on social media and your emotions get influenced by that? Anybody? Do you ever just like, I'm done with this, and you shut it down, and 15 minutes later, what else is happening? It's, you know, it's like the moth and the light. You're just like, I know I'm going to get zapped, but it's so bright. That's what social media is like. But most of the time, it's a bunch of information that just influences our emotions. It's true. And so all of us actually have things that influence us. Could be our family. Could be our coworkers. It's the news. It's the media. It's culture. All of these things teach us. But if you really want to grow in wisdom... You have to raise the voice of God's teaching above all the others. And let me tell you, that is a lifelong battle. Because even if you silence all of the voices and all the things that want to teach you, you still have the voice of yourself inside of you. And sometimes that's our biggest battle, the untruth that we tell ourselves. And so the battle of that, of kind of, silencing the other sources is, is you have to fill your life with God's word. There is no easy way to fill your life with God's word except for reading God's word, studying it, getting time with it. As much time as you may be on social media as I'm on social media or watching a Netflix show or listening to talk radio, whatever it is, do we spend as much time in God's word as that? As I look at my own life, I'm like, wow, I would have so much time if I lessened that and increased to reading in God's word. Everything is teaching us. The question is what? And so to really be teachable, to grow in wisdom, we got to let God's word change our mind. Here's what it says in Romans 12, 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2 are, I think, my two favorite verses in the Bible. This says in the New Living Translation, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. To let God transform you in a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now, all of us look at this and we're like, boom, we want what's good. 
Oh man, and if it's going to be pleasing and perfect. I don't know about you, but I love the end of verse two. That's the fruit I want. Just give me some of that. But how do you get that? You let God's word change your mind. You let him change the way you see things. And as you do that, this happens. There's actually no other way that you can know the will of God, which is good, which is pleasing and perfect, outside of his word. That's how he directs us. That's how he's showing how reality works. And that's how he changes our minds. So ultimately, more than anything, God wants to teach us. He is the first teacher. He's our creator. He knows us. He's designed us. He knows every single thing about us in all of our uniqueness. He knows us. And so if there's anyone that has a position to teach us, it's God. And if there's anything that can guide us, it's his word, which has life for here and also for the next life. There's just this insight and this understanding and this light that he wants to give. And so we have to let God's word change our mind. I began to think just things in my own life that prevent this from happening, specifically like God changing the way I think. So I thought of these. See if you can relate to any of these. So in your mind, keep a score, okay? Have you ever thought this? They just don't understand me. One, all right? They don't know me. You ever thought that? They just don't know me. This is the way I am. You ever said that? I know, but this isn't how the real world works. Maybe. This is one of my favorite. It's not me. It's it's them. It's not me. It's them. I think we think a lot of this inside a lot, right? It's like the internal dialogue we have. Again, sometimes the biggest battle is what we tell ourselves. But so many times we put ourselves in a position where our circumstance, our situation, our life is unique. And what we do is we tell God, this is what's going on, God. I know you made me, you know me, you have all knowledge, you have all wisdom, you have all understanding. I'm just a little different. And God in his love is like, yes, you are. But I still know you better than you know you. And my word can help you regardless of all the things that have happened, all the things you're dealing with. My word can help you. So I was thinking like, well, what? What are the things that we tend to do if we're not allowing God's word change our mind? Well, if we don't let God's word change our mind, then we just tend to just do what we've always done. And the way we tend to do what we've always done is it's kind of what everyone does. And what does everyone do? Well, they just do what makes sense to them when left to themselves. And so we come up with all different ways to cope with life. For instance, I was dealing with, uh, you know, stress. And people are always wanting to know, like, how do I deal with stress? Do you think if I went to a bookstore or if I looked up on Amazon, could I find books that are like how to reduce stress? Are you kidding me? Like I couldn't read them all in this life. Why? Because people want to know. Why? Because they're stressed. Why are they stressed? Because life is hard. There's all sorts of reasons for that. So what do people do when they're stressed? Yell them out. What do people do when they're stressed out? What was that? Lash out? People are like, they don't ever... Say anything out loud in front of people. 
first rule. Lash out, I heard. What is that? Cry. Any criers here? Hey, wait a, dude, that was like the most humble, like that was, I just had a moment right there. My, I am too, actually. What, you know, I'm with you. I didn't raise my hand. I'm like, well, that's me. What else? What do people do? They're stressed. What do they do? Eat. Oh, come on now. That's me. What else? (laughs) You know what? When you're stressed, you can come to my house anytime. What else? Sleep. What else? Exercise. You're just going to work it out of you. Sweat it out. Anything else? Uh Uh-oh, it's getting real. And then if you eat too, it's like the perfect combo. Some of this can help. There's another one I haven't mentioned, medication. Uh Uh-oh, right? You're stressed, you got to get the meds, you got to work out. There are all sorts of things. Some of it can help. Some of it's actually proven, like working out can actually reduce stress. But did you know? That most of the time when we're stressed, we focus on our symptoms. How do I get rid of the symptoms? Well, this is where God's word can change your mind because God's word actually doesn't focus on the symptoms. It focuses on the reason that you have them. So God's word tells you some stuff like this, like do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, present your requests to God. So at the source of the thing that's stressing you out, it comes into your mind You have to take that, and instead of letting that just settle in your mind and just daydreaming and predicting all the things that are going to happen, you give it to God. So what the Scripture is presenting is a different view. If you deal with the source and you give it to God to help you, then some of the time you're actually not carrying the stress, and then you don't have the symptoms. But that doesn't sell as many books. It doesn't. And that's actually not easy. Because do you know, we actually love to just stew and to think about the things that stress us out. We hate the symptoms, but we don't do anything with the thoughts. What's interesting, and that's Philippians 4, 6, and 7. At the end of it, by prayer and supplication, you let your requests be known to God. And then it says, and then the peace. What do people want when they're stressed? Peace. And the peace of God, which surpasses what? All understanding. Isn't that interesting? So the very thing that doesn't make sense to people, they're not going to do. It surpasses all understanding. Like, why would I pray and ask God for help? Instead, I'll do this. I'll work at it. I'll solve it. I'll make it easier. And again, we're just carrying a heavier weight. What's the reason we have stress? The weight on us is too much. That's God's word. It cuts right through at the heart of what we need. But for God to teach us, we have to consider, like, would I do that? Would I take the thought at the source that it comes, and instead of letting it settle inside of me, will I give that to God? The question is, will you let his word change your mind? And so it's a challenge. Will I work at that? Will I test him and say, God, I don't know if this is true, but I want the peace that will guard my heart. And so I'm going to try praying to you. That's what happens when you let God's word change your mind. And so that's something you could try out. If you deal with stress, which I do, 
you have anxious thoughts? Ask God for help in that moment as soon as it comes. You just ask God, God, will you help me with this? I'm stressed out. I give that to you. Will you help me? Try it. See what see what happens. So that lets God word change your mind. Here's what the scriptures say about itself and that the power it gives. This is 2 Timothy. It says, all scripture is God-breathed. That means it's come from him. It's come from him. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the man of God, woman of God, the people of God, may be thoroughly equipped, able to handle anything that they face. Again, the last part of this, I want to be able to handle everything I face. How many of you would agree with that? Right? All of us. Yes, 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 yes. How does that happen? It's allowing God and his word to do some things in your life. And there's a bunch of words here which describe what it wants to do. Teaching, uh, it just instructs us. When it says it, it's useful for teaching, it just, there's lessons that the Bible wants to teach you and it will instruct you. Uh, rebuking, another word for that is reproof. Uh, it's to persuade that we're wrong. There's times where God's word just needs to show us we're wrong. Oh man. What kind of people and lives would we live if we allowed the Bible to always tell us the way that we're wrong? I don't like people to tell me I'm wrong. But to be teachable, you allow God's word to and to others. So it's kind of like God's word. We have a problem. Correcting. It's not only are you wrong, persuading us, but the correcting is it actually sets you right. It's restoring you. It's fixing the problem. We have people in our life. You have people in your life that they can kind of just tell you what's wrong with you. You ever had those people? They may love you. Yeah, don't look. You don't have to look at people like in the room. They know it. They're feeling it. But, you know, we can do that. We can do that all the time with people. You know, you really shouldn't. You, you know, you did. You know, well, the Bible does that. That's part of the rebuking. But then the correcting is the better way. Here's what you do. That's wisdom. And then training. It's actually growing in discipline, ongoing life education. The Bible actually gives you tools so you can avoid the problems that you've always been in. I don't know of any other tool that can do that. You can't. And then thoroughly equipped. We're fit. We're complete. Uh, we need what we, you know, we, we have what we need in the moment to deal with what we need to deal with. That's what God's word does. So let God's word change your mind. It can correct you. It can train you. But it doesn't just do that by sitting in your house. It doesn't just do that by coming on a Sunday. It actually does that as you begin to get in God's word for yourself and as you grow in that. So that's the first thing, keys to being teachable. The second, number two, accept corrective instruction. There is so much to be gained by wise people that have more experience than us. Accepting corrective instruction is realizing that there's people who could teach us, that God wants to use. Not only does he use his word, but he uses others. And some of us, that that accepting the corrective instruction is a little scarier because if we read God's word, it's like between us and God. But for us to allow someone else to speak to us, that's where you need to humble yourself. You need to choose humility. And then you allow that to kind of set in. Proverbs 19.20. I'm going to move through this really quick. Proverbs 19.20. 
listen to advice and accept instruction. I highlighted those two words. Listen, it's you're, you're receiving it. It's like news that you have that you're receiving. You guys ever pay attention to your body language? Somebody talks to you. What about like when your boss tells you you need to do something? Bosses over here just closed off. Yep, sure. It's not receiving in the same way of like, yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, I can do that. All those subtle things we do just kind of, I'm just going to put a little bit of a wall there. But to really be teachable is you, you receive it. There's news that you want to hear. And the accept is you take hold of. You know when somebody gives you something that's not your idea and there's a little part of you that's kind of like, it's not how I would do it. You know what I mean? And it's not your idea, so you don't fully want to accept it because it wasn't yours. The accept there, listen to advice and accept, it's like taking an idea and like owning it like it was your own. Do you know we tend to like our ideas the most? Isn't that true? We accept our own ideas. They make complete sense. But to somebody that gives you like an insight about your life and you accept it, it's like, wow. I wish I had that idea. In fact, that would be like an idea I would have. I want to accept that. There's something to it. There's a lot of things that can get in your life to help you. You want to take a step toward teachability? Here's where I'm going to get real. You want to take a step towards teachability? Listen and accept instruction, right? Did you know, though, most people who are wise who can help you, they will not give that to you unless you ask for it. (laughs) Isn't that scary, though? Think about it. Here's why. How many of you love advice from people that you've not asked for it? Doesn't that make sense, though? Really? Isn't that the unsolicited advice is the worst? And if they're wise, they know you're not going to accept it. They won't give it. This actually kind of puts fear in me. Because I think of how many times in my life was there instruction and wisdom for me to gain, but I didn't ask for it. And I missed it. If you really want to grow to become a teachable person, ask for counsel or an insight in something that you're facing. You have a problem, kid problem, marriage problem, financial problem. There's people that can help. In this church, they can help you. But they will not help you unless they know you need the help and you want the help. That's how life is. So if you really want to grow in teachability, humility joins you as you ask for help. That's like a guy asking for directions. It just is terrible. But that's how you grow in wisdom. Here's the normal approach. We do our way. We get pain. What do we do when we get pain? I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to change. And then we forget. We go back to our other way. We just the same way we've always done it. Why? Because we've always done it. What happens again? Pain. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to change. Never mind. There's not as much pain now. I'm going to still do what I've always done. Oh, there's the pain. I've lived a lot of my life like that. And I think you guys have too. The crazy thing is, you can lose decades. The title of this message is The Only Shortcut. If you want to make the most of this life and what God wants to teach you, it happens through teachability. It will lessen the decades of pain 
And the only way that the pain can lessen is if you allow God's word to speak into your life and give you a different way to go, and if you allow others to do that as well. Now, you don't just want to stop at any street corner and be like, hey, you got something for me? We're talking about growing in wisdom. But you can also learn from lots of people. There's actually times where my kids teach me. And sometimes I wish they didn't. But there's something to be said. that they, 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 can, they can see insight. There's many people that can teach us. So if you really want to grow in teachability, ask for it. Here's some advantages. I'm going to move through this quickly too. First is growing wisdom, which is what we're talking about. That's why this attitude is so important. The advantage of being teachable is you will grow in wisdom. The second part of Proverbs 19.20, which I read, is listen advice, accept instruction. What does it say? And in the end, you will get to that point where you are wise. That's the promise. Wisdom is learned not in a classroom. It's learned in the lab of life. And if you listen and you accept what God wants to teach you, you will learn and you'll grow. Second, increasing respect. Proverbs 13, 18. He who ignores discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever heeds correction is honored. The person who ignores discipline, this word right here, it's an unrestrained person. They do whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want to do it. There's no barrier or boundary for their life. They're completely unrestrained. That can sometimes be appealing. But the unrestrained person, you actually don't want to follow. And you don't respect. Because most of the time, if you're unrestrained, your life's unraveling. So the opposite is somebody who heeds correction. Heeding correction there means circumspect in the original language. There's a sense in which you see something, and you're maybe focused on this one path, your one plan at your own pace, kind of like I was in my life. And somebody says something, or God's word speaks to you, And you have to admit, like, there's maybe more going on than I can see. And you lift up your eyes. And you look over here. And you look over here. To be a circumspect person means you're not just focusing on the way you've always done it. Heeding correction. There's there's more going on. There's a blind spot I didn't see. There's this going on I didn't see. And the circumspect person lifts up their head and looks around. That's a real key to wisdom, being circumspect. To be circumspect means... You heed correction. There's people that can actually let you know that there's more than you're not seeing. And then it leads to honor. The word there, honored, is very interesting. It's actually a weight. That's what it is, like literal. They have weight. Now, not like like if, you know, you don't gain weight. But what it means is you gain substance to your life. And somebody who heeds correction is somebody that's life wasn't all together, They allowed God's word to change them. They allowed people to speak into them, and they grew, and they've changed. In life, isn't that some of the people that we respect the most? We see them, and we're like, I knew them 10 years ago. I knew them five years ago. I knew them back then. And their life, I don't know what they're doing, but now, man, they're really on track, and you respect them because they were lost, and they were now there's this like weight to them there's a substance you want to know how they did that that's what the proverbs referring to there and then the last thing that you get the reward is protection from pitfalls he who obeys instructions guards his life put that up there but he who is contemptuous of his ways will die 
So if you don't listen to instruction, that word contemptuous there means that there's just this despise and disdain for another way. I know some of this is like kind of cut into the heart, but I want us to be real with ourselves. Most of the time, the reason that we're not teachable is we just don't want to learn from others. We just want to keep doing the things that we've always done. There's just a comfort in that. We know it. It's convenient. We don't have to work at it. But you don't grow in wisdom. And so we want to be the type of people that it could hurt or it could sting. There might be some things that, oh, it's hard for us to see, to lift our head up, to see there's other things. But, man, that's where life is. That's where you gain lots of progress. So just to recap, shortcuts in life, being teachable, you let God's word change your mind. Number two, you accept corrective instruction. Again, will most people give that to you? No. You have to seek it out. So consider where your pressure is. Then when we do this, we grow in wisdom, we gain respect, and then we get protection. I'm going to end with this because I think this is kind of the most real where we have to kind of be honest with ourselves. Two things. How do we get stuck on these detours? We're talking about a shortcut. Teachability is the only shortcut in life. Where do we get stuck? Here's the first thing. Go to that next slide there. First thing is we, we dodge instruction. It means we kind of know that there's something that we could learn or there's probably some insight we could gain, but we just move away from it. Deep down, we know we don't, we don't really want it. We don't hear it, so we, so we, so we dodge it. Um, and I'm not going to go through these Proverbs, but you'll see Proverbs 15.32 on your handout. I'd mark that so you could read that later. Uh, that just talks about the way we dodge ex- instruction from ignoring it. We just ignore it. Like, yeah, that's not for me. The second way we dodge extru- instruction is by hardening our heart. We just, we want to do what we want to do. The reason we don't change is we actually can kind of get used to the pain. And we just want to keep doing what we've always done. And we don't change. That's where that hardening happens. Um, so we want to watch out for that. And the second way that we get stuck on detours is we're just wise in our own eyes. Again, it just makes sense. It's the way we've always done it. Proverbs twelve fifteen uh, speaks to that. So those three Proverbs, I encourage you uh, to, to kind of maybe read a little bit later. And I want, I want to end with this. I don't know where you guys are with what you're facing in your life. I, I know for me, there's lots of things that I just get stuck in a rut on, just the way I've always done it. I want to encourage you. Right now, if you want to know where God wants to speak to you, think about where the pressure is in your life. I talked about anxiety, but where, where do you feel the pressure, like the weight of things? Where do you feel like it's just, oh, man, I wish I could get help here. I wish I could get ahead here. Most of the time, God allows that pressure in that area to get our attention. And that's where he wants to teach us. So I want to encourage you just maybe ask that. Where am I facing the pressure? And allow God to speak to you. Here's some specific next steps. I'm going to invite the band up. We're going to receive the offering in a moment. And you can write these next steps on here. If you write... Uh, these next steps, I'd love to pray for you. The first one is what we've already talked about, but sign up for a connect group. Now, the reason I put that as a next step is, do you know there's actually ways 
to get taught from others in a small group because you're hearing from other people. And that's why these groups are important because you, you learn of an insight that someone else is sharing. You learn of a prayer request. You learn of something that's going on in someone's life in a group. That's where life happens. It's like in a circle, not in rows. Life happens in circles. And you get their insight and you're like, wow, that helps me to see it differently. And you can grow from that. And so for you, part of what could help you grow in teachability is getting around people that share what's going on in their life, what God's doing. So sign up for Connect Group. And then the second is just ask God to show you a detour that you may be stuck on. Where's the pressure? And just write that. If you're feeling that in parenting, write parenting. I'll pray for you this week that God will just give you some insight or bring some people alongside you. If you ask for it, that could help you. Again, if you have prayer requests, let us know on the bottom. I'm going to go ahead and pray. Finish filling out the connection card, and you can drop that uh, on the, in the offering when that comes by. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word that does instruct us, and wisdom is calling out. It's crying out to us that we may listen. The door is open for us to walk through, that we may gain wisdom. God, show us the things in our life that are preventing us from learning. Show us the ruts that we're in. God, show us the pressure that we're feeling. Help us to identify what's going on. And God, we just ask that you'll help us to turn to you for help. If there's anyone here that's just needing perspective, I pray that they'll seek it out. I pray against fear. I pray against pride, things that prevent us from moving forward towards people. And I also just pray against hardness of heart, which prevents us from moving towards you. So God, soften our hearts. Allow us to be people that can learn. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.